Hey everybody, Nate Clark here. I'm the pastor of Oasis Church here in Richmond, Virginia. We pray that this podcast is helpful and encouraging to you in your life. Here's today's message. Are you excited and ready to receive the word of God tonight? Tonight I want to introduce you to one of my dear friends. I believe I met Pastor Mike Santiago about eight years ago. I think it was. My timeline's a little fuzzy, but that's probably close. And I remember I was a full-time evangelist and traveling and trying to connect with pastors and leaders that I admired. And I saw this guy, Mike Santiago, who planted a church in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I wanted to get to know him, but I had nothing to offer. I literally had nothing to offer him or anything to. So I, I, you know, I told him, I said, hey, man, I'd love to just come meet with you and just sit down with you at Panera Bread and I'll give you a Starbucks gift card. <laughs> that was all I had to offer him. You know, I was like, hey, man, I just love to connect. And so we sat down at a Panera Bread in Apex, North Carolina about eight years ago or so and uh, just began a friendship. And, and he's been a dear friend of me and our church. Uh, for these last eight years, and he's a he's a man of God. He's a fantastic pastor and leader. His church is called Focus Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, and uh, him and some of his team, they made the drive up this afternoon. They're headed back late tonight, but he came up here to share the Word of God with us, and he's got a passion for the local church. He's got a passion to see the church thrive. He's got a passion to see people not just know about God in their head, but experience the power of God in their life. And, and so he's going to bring a word for us tonight that I'm believing and expecting is going to change and transform our hearts. We're going to respond to the word afterwards. We're going to have some prayer and time at the altar together. And so so I'm, I'm really encouraging you tonight. Don't just sit back and just hear a message, but lean into the word of God. Lean into what the spirit might be teaching you and encouraging you in. And let's let's receive the word. You know, we say often it takes it takes ears to hear a word, but it takes your heart to receive it. And so don't don't just hear it tonight. Receive it. And um, I I'm, I'm expected that God has something for us. And so uh, can you put your hands together and welcome my friend Mike Santiago as he brings the word tonight. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise. Come on, you can do better than that. Let's thank God for Jesus. The gospel is real. I believe it. Acts chapter 19, if you have a copy of God's word. I really am believing that God's going to do something incredible. Something happens when you come to church on a Monday night, man. I'm telling you, night church is different than morning church. I, I, I don't know about it. I don't know. I don't know what, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, it's like, um, you know, there's a trampoline. When I was a kid, they didn't have the net around the trampoline. We grew up real, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if y'all grew up real. This is before they made marshmallows as kids. This was like real, you know. We, my mom just said, go to that electrical box, leave your bike there, and when the street lights come on, then you come home. She had no idea where I was at. Well, when I was growing up, for all the, for all the kids in here that grew up with a net around their trampoline, there was no net. Uh, Rusty Springs is pretty much all we had. And I remember we'd get everyone in the neighborhood on the trampoline, and uh, we would do something called the, uh, when you go higher, what's that called? It's called the double bounce. Y'all know what the double bounce is? 
The kids won't know because they got that net. It keeps you from doing anything fun. But uh, if, if you timed it just right and you were jumping in the air, uh, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, your friends would jump right before you landed. You know what happened? You'd be all flailing up, and the double bounce got you. I just believe that when you get the Holy Ghost on a Monday night, it's like a double bounce in the spirit. You know what I'm saying? I, I think you're going to get more than what you bargained for tonight. I'm believing in Acts chapter 19. I want to I want to first start with this premise that it is possible to be saved but not baptized in the spirit. It is possible to be saved but not baptized in the spirit. You say preacher, I don't know. I got, I thought I got all of God when I got saved. I want to teach you for just a moment and then I want to take you on a journey through where the Holy Spirit will become real to you in a in a greater way. Maybe you have been baptized in the spirit. I pray that you would be refilled with the spirit. Maybe you've never encountered the Holy Spirit before. I pray that you would tonight because I believe that God has so much for all of us tonight. Now here here's what it says Acts chapter 19. Are you ready? Okay. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions where he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several what? What did he find? Several believers. They believed, okay? So he found Christians. We good? We're good so far. And this is what he asked them. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And this is what they said. No. They replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Isn't that interesting? That he could travel to find believers and they would know the way of Jesus, but they had yet to experience or encounter the baptism of the Spirit. My prayer for you tonight, for our whole lives, is that we would not live as believers that have no knowledge of the Holy Spirit. My, my prayer for Oasis Church right here in Henrico, Virginia, is that you would not live your life claiming belief without ever actually experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's very interesting that there's a clear distinction here where he this is a found several believers, and he asked, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them, and they said No. They replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. I believe there's more than what you bargained for tonight. I believe there's more than what you bargained for. Even if you have heard of the Holy Spirit, I believe that tonight, by the time we're done together in the presence of God, we are going to encounter the Holy Spirit at a new dimension. At a new, we're going to be double bounced in the Spirit. We're gonna, our faith is going to be built, and we are no longer going to say, no, we haven't heard of the Holy Spirit. When someone asks us, have you heard of the Holy Spirit, you can say, yes, allow my spirit to testify to your spirit. I am surely baptized in full, and the Holy Ghost sanctified, set free, and delivered in Jesus' name. Let me break down our triune God for just a little bit because I want to make sure that I teach you because maybe you didn't, I came from extremely charismatic Pentecostal background. If you don't know what that means, I'll explain in just a moment. But we prayed in tongues over our McDonald's as if it was going to make a difference. <laughs> Lord, you know, bless this McDonald's to the nourishment of our, no, it ain't going to, that Big Mac is still going to be bad for you, you know, no matter how many tongues you pray over that. Let me just, let me just break down the triune God. Are we having a good time? Okay, number one, we need to know that we have God the Father. Yeah, he loves me. You need to know that God loves you. He sent his son to die for you. 
There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. God loves you tonight. If you don't remember anything else that I say for the rest of the evening, you need to know we have God the Father, and he loves you. How did he demonstrate his love for us? That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. His son Jesus, he who knew no sin, became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. God loves you. He loves you so much. How much does he love you? He loved you that he was willing to pay a price for you that no one else can pay. He paid a price for your sins. The theological term is called atonement or propitiation, which is the payment for your sins. You couldn't pay for your sins. I couldn't pay for my sins. Only Jesus could do that. And God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die on a cross for our sins. So we have God the Father who loves you. You have God the Son. He saves you. Aren't you grateful for grace tonight? Aren't you grateful that you didn't have to go to a cross, but instead God sent his son Jesus to die on your behalf? But John the Baptist said it this way. He said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We serve a God who loves us, who sent his son to save us. This is, maybe this is Sunday school teaching for you today, but it's good to have a foundation to know before we go to encounter the Holy Ghost, we need to understand who we are working with today. We are working with a God that loves us. We're working with a Jesus that saves us. And then we are working with the Holy Spirit who is with us. (laughs) So Jesus ascends to heaven. But he doesn't just leave us here twiddling our thumbs, waiting for the rapture like it's, uh, you know, two, the year 2000, the Y2K. Y'all remember Y2K? We're not just here to be preppers. I'm cool with prepping. That's fine. I remember in 1999, everyone became a prepper. My grandpa had more bottles of water and canned goods. We're still eating those canned goods. We look at the expiration date. It's like the year 20, 20, 2000, you know, Y2K, you know. I'm fine with with Christ will return for his church. I'm not denying that the rapture won't happen. What I'm telling you is that he left us an advocate, a comforter, a guide while we are here on this earth. We have the Holy Spirit that is with us. So I don't want to just live waiting on Christ to come back. I actually want to be led and guided here on earth and filled with the Holy Spirit. The Father loves me, the Son saves me, and the Spirit is with me. What does your church believe about the Trinity? Let me explain it to you. God loves me, his Son saved me, and his Spirit is with me. This is just me building a foundation before we ask the Spirit to pour out upon us tonight. And, and I, I, the nature of the Spirit of God has taken on so many different metaphorical definitions. Uh, the power of God's presence has been, has been described because it's sometimes so indescribable what happens in the presence of God. It helps to sometimes use tangible words to describe sometimes an, an intangible encounter with God. So here's what happens in Acts chapter 2. They have to use things that they know to explain things that they had never encountered before. Uh, So they say it's like wind or like fire. The Holy Spirit comes. On the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, all of the believers were meeting together in one place, Oasis Church in Henrico, on, on a Monday night, even while there's a championship game on, which is so crazy to me. But y'all are real Christians. Remember what we said? I'm trying to preach quick. I brought two of my staff members with me, and I told them if they check the score while they're here in church, lightning will strike that row right there, and I will fire them tomorrow. Don't you be checking that score. 
All right. On the day of Pentecost, they were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. They didn't have words to describe it, but it felt like wind. It felt like a, a, a wind came into the room, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Verse 3, then what looked like flames. They didn't have a word to describe it except for fire. So they got wind and fire, almost like the band, wind, earth, and fire, but it's just wind and fire is how the only way that they could describe it. And it appears, and it settled on each of them, meaning it wasn't just a collective fire for them all to stare at, but it was a customized, individual, specific fire for every person in the building. The, the wind filled the house, but the fire rested on each of them. So when you worship, it's the faith, the faith is building in the room, but the fire is on each of you. This is interesting. And, and then it said, and everyone, everyone present, is the Holy Spirit for everyone? According to Acts chapter 2, everyone that was there was filled with the Holy Spirit. Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Do you want more of God tonight? Are you okay if we don't even have words to describe it? If we say it was like wind, it was like fire. I just, I, I don't know about you. There, there are many people I meet, they're control freaks. And it's hard for God to do the supernatural if you have to have it all calculated in the natural. But I want God to do that. Even in 2 Timothy, uh, and you don't have to turn there, hopefully it'll be on the screen, chapter 1, 5 and 7 says, I remember your genuine faith that you share with the faith that filled your grandmother Lois, what a grandmother name. Hopefully your name isn't Lois in here, but that sounds like a grandmother name. And your mother Eunice, that also sounds like a mother name as well. Lois and Eunice. And, and, and I know that the same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to do what? Fan into flames. Meaning you, you got something on you, but you can build this thing up. <laughs> it, it means... I, I, I gave you salvation for free, mm. but the, the, the gift of God, the Spirit of God, must be soplado in, in, in Spanish, must be worked, fan into flame the gift of God. The spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Notice there's a transfer. That's why prayer is so important. Something happens when we connect our faith together. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Are you with me so far? Okay. Just tell me if I preach heretical and I'll change it to a real sugar-coated, watered-down message for you. Okay? You just let me know. Okay. Let me know if I get too crazy because you know I'm getting crazy. All right. All right. What does the word spirit mean? The spirit, the word spirit, the Greek word is spirit is pneuma, which is a similar meaning to the word ruach. I know you didn't come here to learn Greek tonight, but I think it's important that you have a foundational belief system into what Oasis Church believes in the Spirit. It's not goosebumps. <laughs> it's not little shivers like, ooh, I got the Holy Ghost. It's not your favorite bridge on the song. It's not that. The Bible describes the Spirit of God as the pneuma of God. It's the breath of God. It's the wind of God. Aren't you grateful sometimes when, when on a hot day when a, just a nice breeze comes through? It's like, whoosh, you're like, yeah, yeah. The Spirit is the breath of God that lives inside of you. Now, you can choose to go through life without the wind of God. You can 
try to face the wind of God and force against it. But here's the deal. The pneuma of God, when it comes into a room, you can sense it. You know that it's there. As a matter of fact, if I've been to churches where it wasn't there. <laughs> where I was like, try God, please send your spirit to this church service right now. Not here. Not here. Why? Because we believe in the power and the presence of God. We believe that when we worship together, our faith is built together. We can experience the breath of God. As a matter of fact, there's this place in the world called the doldrums. Maybe you've known this if you're like a, a sailing nerd or something like that. But I have to like read what it is because I'm not a sailing nerd. But apparently it's the intertropical convergence zone where there is boats have found that when they made it to the doldrums, they find no wind. It's a dead zone, meaning if they have a sailboat, they can't actually find direction because there's no wind. I'd hate for you to live your life in the doldrums. I'd hate for you to live your life in a zone where there's no breath of God, there's no wind of God, there's no nuwa, there's no numa, there's no ruach, there's no it's the wind in your sails. The Holy Spirit is the wind in your sails. It's it's actually windless water waters are like breathless lungs. You can't breathe if you're not led by the Holy Spirit. You get anxious if you're not led and have the peace of the Holy Spirit. You get, you get weary if you don't have the Holy Spirit. And I would hate to become a person in the doldrums. I would hate to live my life like a rake. I got a 13-year-old boy, so I haven't grabbed a rake in a long time. Why else do you have children except for to do your chores? You know? My, my oldest daughter, she turned 15, got her permit just so she could drive me around. I don't drive. That's why I brought those two guys with me tonight. I'm like, I'm not driving there. Drive me. I'm a preacher now, okay? I'm just, this is all just a joke. This is all just a joke. I drive. It's a 2004. <laughs> it's got 270,000 miles on it, all right? So I ain't like that. But I do, I do not like to drive. But anyways, I got a kid because I needed someone to rake the leaves in my yard. And what's what would be interesting is if I just, if I had the leaf blower in the garage, but I made him rake the leaves with the rake, you know, and I just walked out there, you know, and I'm watching him just struggle with the rake, and, and I just walked out there like, you know, and he's out there huffing and puffing with the rake. I'd be a terrible parent. You'd be like, no, give the boy the rake. Let him rake the leaves. Let him blow the leaves with the leaf blower. Wouldn't you like to live life with a little bit more power? Wouldn't you like to have the wind of God, the breath of God? Like I met so many Christians and all they're doing is they're just struggling through life. They're trying to force it themselves. They haven't surrendered their life to the Holy Spirit. All the while there's power available to them. I don't want you to live your life like this. I want you to live your life with the wind of God, the, the pneuma, the breath of God. When That's pretty cool actually. The power of God. This is what happens. It, it, here, here's how they describe it. They said it was wind that filled the room. So what is wind? Number one, wind is unseen. You can't see it, but you can sense it. As a matter of fact, it says in John 14, 16, 17, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, who we just talked about, who will never leave you. The Holy Spirit ain't going nowhere. 
He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. If, you, if there was ever a time, if there was ever a day where you needed the Holy Spirit to lead you to truth, it's now. The world cannot receive him. So don't be mad at the world when they don't have the pneuma. When they don't have the, don't be like, well, you're acting like the world. It's because they're the world. But here's what it says. Because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him. Because he lives with you now and later will be with you. The last thing Jesus said is that the world won't be able to see him, but you'll be able to see him. The wind of God is unseen. The wind of God is unseen. Number two, wind is unpredictable. Wind, is, wind will change in a second. I like to harvest deer. Uh, that's a really pedo-friendly way of saying I like to slay big bucks. I don't know where I'm at. Am I I'm okay to say that? Okay. I believe in slaying deer and eat. I had, I had deer for dinner last night. I had deer for lunch this afternoon. And I'll be eating deer until next season until I kill some more. But the wind is so important when you deer hunt, and it can shift on you. So you got to go out there. I got this little thing, and I, 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 it's like a little powder puffer thing. What's it called? Chalk? Is it chalk? I, I, yeah, whatever it is. And I just squeeze it, and it tells me which way the wind is going because I don't want the, the wind. The wind, if it shifts on you, the deer won't come out because they can smell you. Wind is unpredictable. As a matter of fact, when you're at the airport, they got that sock. You ever seen that wind sock, like the orange wind sock? Why you think, don't you think they have technology for all that? Of course not, because the wind can change in a moment. God can shift your life in a second. Things that you've been praying for in a, for a season, he can shift in a second. Why? Because the wind is unpredictable. He does what he wants when he wants. And he does it sometimes in unpredictable ways. You can't package the presence of God. You can't predict it. It's not Amazon Prime where you get it to, you know, you could track the shipment and you know exactly when it's going to arrive at your door. This is the unpredictable, unseen presence of God. As a matter of fact, it says in John 3, 8, the wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it's coming from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. You want to know why? Sometimes we get... Uh, weirded out when a preacher comes into town talking about the Holy Ghost? Because a lot of times it's hard to explain, it says right here, how people are born of the Spirit because it's unpredictable sometimes. I'm not here to roll on the floor or push anybody over tonight, but what I'm telling you is under the wind of God that is unpredictable, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Wind is also uplifting. It's also uplifting. When wind comes into the picture, it's always going to refresh your soul. You're never going to leave full of the Spirit and discouraged. You're never going to leave an encounter with God and like, mm, I feel terrible. It's, it's the wind in your sails. It's going to lift your spirit. If you are tired and weary tonight, what you need is not another Percocet. What you need is the Holy Ghost. It's, un, it's, it's unseen. It's unpredictable, and it's uplifting. So we got the wind part down, okay? It was a wind that filled the house. Am I doing okay, Pastor Nate? Okay, good, because you're the master preacher. I'm just here. Preaching in front of you is like shooting a basket in front of LeBron James, to be honest. It's like swinging a golf club in front of Tiger Woods. And you add Mike Yardley into the picture, it's like having, you know, LeBron James and Kobe on the front row while, uh, it's weird. Okay, um, let's talk about fire. Number one, fire is consuming, 
It's consuming. It's going to, the Holy Spirit will eat up areas of your life that do not belong. God will convict you for things that you didn't realize that were even sin. You'll go, you'll go, I thought that this was okay. And then the Spirit of God will burn it up. And you'll say, wow, I could go without that. I could have, I've been living attached to this for so long that I have normalized it in my life. But as soon as the Spirit of God comes in as a consuming fire, it devours things in my life that no longer belong. Sometimes it's not even sin. It's just not th- things that are not going in the right direction for your life. It's not bringing you the purpose that God has for you. And so the fire of God will burn up things that you thought, oh, I thought I could live with that, but I guess I can live with that. Everything belongs to God. Everything gets surrendered. Our God, Hebrews 12, 29 says this, for our God is a devouring fire. He's going he's gonna to devour some things in your life, and that's good. That's why Seek Week exists, so that the consuming fire of God can burn away at all of our flesh and our, our, our spirit man can be lifted. We can turn up the heat a little bit in our spirit and we can turn down the temperature of our flesh and say, God, whatever you have for me this week, do it. You have a master pastor coming tomorrow night. Brian Briggs is, is a goat, G-O-A-T, greatest of all time. So be here tomorrow night. He's awesome. He's awesome. Fire is consuming. He's going to bring a great word. Number two, fire is revealing. It says in, in Mark nine forty nine, for everyone will be tested with fire. See, fire re- will reveal what's valuable. You put gold in a fire with a bunch of other hay and straw and stubble, guess what's going to remain? That which is valuable. You'll learn to prioritize your life when you get into the fire of God. When the fire of God begins to consume you, when the fire of God begins to reveal things to you, you'll walk and you'll say, wow, I am getting rid of everything in my life that I used to worship that is not the presence of God. I'm diminishing things in my life. I'm simplifying my life. I had way too many things in my life. May the fire of God burn up anything that is not of value and reveal to me, reveal to me that which he wants. It's revealing Mark 9, 49, for everyone will be tested with fire. When you get under fresh fire of the Spirit, he will reveal what does not belong. And the, the third thing that fire does is fire is identifying. If you grew up on a ranch, then you were told, you know, you've got to brand the cows. Do you know what it means to brand? They put the, the iron in the fire, and then maybe you were part of fraternity. You think I'm joking? <laughs> I got some fraternity folks in my church, some Omegas, and they got, uh, they got horseshoes on their chest. Well, you real man. I got guys who are alphas. They got, you know, all the fraternities. I don't know how, all the stuff, that, you know, but they get branded. They get identified through fire. The fire of God will mark you. And when you walk into a room where nobody else has been baptized in the Holy Ghost, they'll say, ooh, there's something on you that's not on anybody else. You won't even have to tell people. (laughs) Did you know that? You don't have to introduce yourself as anointed when you are anointed. You don't have to. If you're on fire, you don't got to tell nobody. They can smell you when you get there. They can see it on you when you get there. Fire will identify. 
Let the fire of God be the identifier in your life. You don't have to strive. You don't have to prove. You don't have to try to impress anybody. All you have to do is get into a secret place, into an upper room, into a seek weak environment like this one, and fire will do the work. Fire will do the work. As a matter of fact, Ephesians 4.30, it says, Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. The way that I wrote it in my notes is this. If you lose your fire, you lose your desire. If you lose your fire, you lose your desire. I don't want that for you. I don't want 2023 to just be a replay of 2022 because you lost your fire, because you lost your desire. Now, you're here on a Monday night, so I know you're seeking God. But what happens two months from now, three months from now? May the same fire of God that is here tonight be in your spirit all year long. What is a spiritual gift? I'm so glad that you asked. A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability that God gives to each of us and his children, so that together we can advance his purposes in this world. Don't you want more of what God has for you? I want the wind and I want the fire. Malik is going to come make me sound more spiritual than I am to the keyboard. Please. There, there, what's the process? It doesn't always work this way, but this is kind of the four steps that I've identified. I'm not saying that this is some sort of magic formula. So please don't, don't mishear me tonight. God can do whatever he wants. He can, he can work however he wants. But this is what, these are patterns that I've seen in scripture. Here's what happens. Number one, you got to desire the gift. You got to desire it. If you don't want it, you probably ain't going to get it. The difference between the gift of the Holy Spirit and the gift of salvation is salvation was free. You did do nothing to earn it, nothing to deserve it, <laughs> nothing. You acknowledge that Christ is Lord. That's it. You saved. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have to desire that gift. That's something you lean into. The Bible says, fan into flame. The gift of God. Meaning it requires oxygen from my lungs onto the fire that came from God in order for it to increase and grow. So you can live your life saved, but you're going to have to fan into flame the gift of God. You got to desire the gift. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says this, let love be your highest goal. But you should also, you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives. It's not a sin for you to desire the Holy Spirit tonight. Desire the special abilities that He gives, especially the ability to prophesy. I don't know what your past looks like. Probably keeps you from desiring the gift because you went to a church service one time and the preacher got sideways. He got caught up and he pushed everybody down. He dumped some oil on some people and got weird. You know, he said, repeat after me. And he said some word in tongues and made you repeat the same syllables. All that's manipulation and witchcraft. But I do believe there's something significant and special that comes when you desire the gift. There's one thing I can't do for you. I can't desire the gift on your behalf. I could teach it to I could teach you like we have tonight, but I can't want it. Like, it, it, I heard somebody say this today. They said, God has no grandchildren. Meaning, you can't be saved because your parents are saved. I was like, oh, that's a good word. I'm going to use that tonight. He said, 
He said, we are direct sons or daughters from God. We, there is no disconnect between him and us when it comes to salvation. So you must desire the gift. The same is true for the spiritual gifts. I don't want you to let your past. I know you, when I say Pentecost or Holy Ghost, immediately you go to that weird place. Like in West Virginia where the snakes come. You know, it's like, not that, not now, not that. I'm believe, real power, real authority real life-altering encounters with a living God tonight. You don't need the Holy Ghost to go to heaven. You need the Holy Ghost to go to Walmart. It's true. Y'all been to Walmart lately? They got rid of all the cashiers. But we're still paying the same prices. We're checking out our own groceries. It's crazy. That's a different sermon for a different day. You got to desire the gift. You got to discover the gift. Discover it. Discover it. God, what are you saying to me? What are you doing in my life? Is it, are you giving me a word of knowledge for someone? Are you giving me a word of prophecy for someone? Are you giving me a heavenly language of, of tongues and interpretation that I, I've never heard before? Are you doing something special in my life? Is it healing? Is it signs? Is it wonders? What is it? Don't just assume that because you didn't speak in tongues on Seek Week, night one, that you aren't receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost you got to discover it. Number three, you got to develop it. That's why, that's why he said to fan it into flames. I mean, you got to get down there. You got to develop that gift. It's like you can't sing on the worship team for the first time, first time you ever sang in your life. You got to sing in the shower first. You can't pray at the altar over somebody, right, with the spiritual authority of prayer team when you never pray for somebody a day in your life, you're going to say some weird stuff. You got to develop that in private. Like, you think that I'm preaching this for the very first time to you? I preach this to myself. I preach this to my mirror. I preach this in my office. I preach this to my children. I preach it to my wife, but she left halfway through it <laughs> and didn't give nothing in the offering either. She does reverse offering. She just takes the money instead of giving it. You gotta, you gotta develop this thing. This is a, a journey. Like when I drive, sometimes I'll turn off the radio and I'll just say, God, speak to me for a moment. Sometimes I'll just commune with the Spirit and in, in, in my prayer language. Why? Because I believe Paul says this in, in the book of Romans. He says, wordless groans, meaning there's there is some when you run out of English words, sometimes your spirit begins to intercede. And you begin to pray. You begin to seek God. And sometimes I got, I got nothing left to pray for my son. He's going to hell. You know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. He isn't, but you know what I'm saying. I'm like, I got to pray in tongues. I got no other, no other reason, no other, nothing else to say in English. I already told him everything in English that I know. So I got to begin to minister in the spirit. You got you to gotta actually develop that gift. Uh, that's why it's, he says, I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you. Meaning, put some oxygen on that. Put some oxygen on your prayer life. Put some oxygen on the reading of God's word. If you're not going to be an evangelist to the arena if you haven't evangelized in your break room. You're not going to be the, the prophet to the nations if you haven't been a prophet to your neighborhood. It, it, it's got to fan into flame. Fan into flame. You got to desire the gift. You got to discover the gift. You got to develop the gift. And then you need to deploy the gift. Deploy it. Start using it. 
Sometimes you just gotta say, I ain't ready, but let's do it. I'm just believing that God's gonna do it. I'm believing he's gonna fill me up. I don't know what it's gonna look like, but I'm ready for it. I don't know if you're ready for it tonight, but I'm ready for it tonight. I don't know what it's gonna look like in your life, but I believe God's gonna do something so special tonight. I believe that there's gonna be gifts deployed tonight. I believe there are going to be new anointings and new dimensions of the, of the Spirit of God over your life tonight. I believe you didn't come here by accident. You didn't come here just because it was, you got other stuff to do. You came because you were hungry and desiring the gifts of the Spirit. So we're going to desire them. We're going to discover them. We're going to develop them. And then we are going to deploy them. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, God has given each of you a gift from his variety of spiritual gifts, use them well to serve one another. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's podcast. Hey, if this content was helpful and encouraging to you, you could help us out by leaving a review or sharing it with the people in your life. I know it would bless them. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next week.